0: There's a nuance that's missing in the conversation around the trendy revenue numbers that we're supposed to hit. So I thought it might be a good thing to talk about it this time of year. My name is Yenna, and this is Building Balance. You're in the right place if you want to reclaim your time, feel more in control of your tasks and make real progress without having to push yourself so hard. Here on the podcast, I share thoughts and discussions around how to be productive in a human-friendly way and build more balance between business and life, even if it's just you in your business. So make sure to subscribe if that sounds good to you. Something that drives me a bit bananas is that the messaging out in the online business world is really focused on trendy revenue numbers 10k 50k months six seven eight figure businesses and all that these numbers sound really sexy and the implication is that they themselves are making this amount of money as their income and that you can too or you know whoever they're using as an example is making this amount of money and you can too But your business finances are about a lot more than just revenue, and there's a lot to consider to know if the number you set as a goal is sustainable. That number shouldn't just be an arbitrary one. So to help your revenue goals be more sustainable, I'd like to encourage you to consider The following things when you set up that revenue goal. And I've divided them into time considerations and monetary considerations. So, in time considerations, we've got how much time do you want to be able to have for your life outside of your business? How much time does it take to deliver on your services or on your offers? And how much time do you need for admin work, for CEO time, for marketing and selling, and maybe launching, if that's something that you do. All of this impacts how much work you can realistically deliver on and can help inform your pricing, which brings us to monetary considerations. How do you want your business to support your life, a.k.a. what's the income that you need? And I really recommend calculating this if um, you don't know this number. It's different if you've had a full-time job where you know, like you had a specific salary and your lifestyle hasn't changed that much, then you can probably assume that that is the income you need. But otherwise, I would, I would calculate this to have a real number in mind. It might be higher, it might be lower than you think. Another monetary consideration is what are your business expenses? Someone with a million dollar business might have 900000 in expenses, while someone with a $60,000 business might have just in expenses. And I'd rather take that option, to be honest. And then do you want there to be money left after the usual business expenses and your take home pay? Do you want there to be money left that you can invest back into the business? Do you want to uh, maybe be able to attend conferences or get a coach or update your website with copy written by an actual copywriter. Like, what are the things beyond your usual expenses that you might want to afford this year? And pricing is, of course, a monetary consideration. And everyone has an opinion on what you should charge, regardless of what your industry is. There are always shoulds around pricing. You should be cheaper. No, you should charge higher. You should, you should, you should. Or this is like the standard, right? But you really need to figure out like what are your time constraints and then price yourself accordingly so that you can make enough money. I remember um, the advice in the photography world, um, or at least in many, many, many of the... uh, resources that I looked into when I was starting my photography business. The advice was to have three different packages where the middle package should be priced at the average you need to make per session. I thought that that was such silly advice because the theory was that nobody wants to be cheap so nobody's going to go for the cheapest package and then that people also like need to have a high, high priced package to sort of anchor so that the middle package feels less expensive, right? But at least for me, I'd say like 80%, 70, 80% maybe of people go for the lowest package. I I mean, we live in a really expensive area. People are happy when they can feel like they got a deal. <laughs> so, Not to say that this is all of my clients, but it is a good chunk of my clients and it is a big chunk of cash. Like my lowest offer is not cheap. So I thought and this is why I thought that the um, having the middle package be what you need to make per session was a super silly advice. Right. Like like why? Why should you have the option for people to do sessions that are cheaper than what you need to be making because for a photo session like you're still doing a lot of work (laughs) regardless of how many like prints somebody buys right hey jenna from the future here hopping in sorry i'm on like a really crappy little mic here by my desk so sorry for the audio quality not being the same as usual I realized as I was editing this that this photography pricing example is mostly relevant to service providers who put a lot of time into each offer regardless of which package someone buys. So like for me, in the first few years of the photography business, my photo session packages were all for one session plus the more expensive the package, the more digital files, and print products um, the family would get. So I was spending pretty much the same amount of time on each session regardless of what someone paid me because I still did the session and the editing. Ordering products was the quick part of the work, right? So it made sense for me to actually make my lowest package the amount of money I needed to make on average per session. It's different if you, for example, have a low ticket offer that usually leads people to then buying a higher ticket package from you. Or if you sell something like digital products where you don't have to spend a lot of time on delivering that yourself because it's all automated and stuff. Or again, if you have a lower priced product that then leads to someone buying something higher priced. So I'm not saying here that no one should have low ticket offers that are below what you need to make on average. I offer an audio course for this coaching business, but I wanted to share what the shoulds were like in the photography business world, just as an example of how the shoulds are usually not helpful. All right, I'll let you back into the episode. Anyway. Once you've reflected on your available time and your monetary needs, you can then define what your revenue number needs to be. And it may be very different from the numbers that are talked about out there. You might realize that your revenue doesn't need to be as high as you think, you might realize that your revenue actually needs to be higher. You might discover that you can cut some expenses. You might realize that you need to charge way more for your work and can evaluate whether or not that price is something that the market will pay for. Or do you actually need to pare down your offers rather what you deliver in them so that they're not as time consuming so that you can work with more clients for that price. So it's important to pick a revenue number that's actually plausible time-wise and that takes into account your monetary needs. If your business isn't set up to make whatever, you know, milestone amount of money in a sustainable way, reaching that number is not going to matter. I've seen this um, attempt of of reaching higher and higher revenue when you actually don't have the time to do it sustainably. I've seen it lead to burnout, which then means not making money at all. If you have to take like a sabbatical in your business, or it has led to clients who have hired help that they didn't actually want to hire because it also costs money. So, um, it ate into the profits that they thought they were going to make, or it has led to people just having to quit because it's not sustainable. Okay, I didn't mean for things to get um, quite so gloomy in this episode. So I'm going to dig us up from that hole. So as a little bonus, I would like to offer this thought to you. Because of how money and revenue are talked about or prioritized in the business space, it's really easy to get sucked into like that growth and hustle and all the revenue numbers mentality. So it's important to every once in a while to check in with what's actually enough for you and what were all the other reasons you started the business for besides money. Are you already making enough money and could actually back off a little bit and have more time for your life outside of business, which was one of the original reasons why you started your business, maybe? Now, I don't want to discount the need to make money. Businesses are meant to make money, and... I know for some people making more money than they do now is important because we do need money in this world and maybe they don't make enough yet to cover their expenses. But I've also coached a good chunk of business owners who actually don't need to be making more than they do right now or or at the time when I talk to them. And they actually started the business because they wanted to do something fun and fulfilling and And just replace their regular job's income. But somewhere along the way, after they surpassed their regular income, they got really swept up by the whole I got to get to 10K months thing or I got to keep leveling up thing. And then they sort of sacrificed some of the other things that they originally wanted their business for, like having time to spend on stuff outside of the business. Anyway, the key takeaway that I'd love to send you off with is that it doesn't matter what the online business world has set as a golden standard for revenue, you get to set your own revenue goals. Just because you don't want a seven-figure business, it doesn't mean that you're thinking small or have mindset issues. It's just not true. Now, maybe you've done some calculations and know that you need to be bringing in more revenue to meet your income goals, to cover your expenses, but you're not quite sure how to do that, especially if you don't have any more time to give. If you want to book more clients per month, but aren't sure about how to make more space in your schedule, or if you want to Come up with with a way that you could raise your rates, but it doesn't feel comfortable right now. These are things that I love to troubleshoot with my clients. So if you would like, together we could identify ways that you could streamline and make space for that growth. Hop on over to slash services to sign up for coaching. Or feel free to send me an email or DM me on Instagram at the Jenna Hillberg If you have any questions at all, thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode and I hope that you have a beautiful week. Bye. Hey, if you thought that this was a good episode, I would appreciate it a ton. If you share it with your business owner friends, it would help this tiny podcast reach more cool people like you. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments. And if you're sharing about the podcast on Instagram, tag me at the Yenna Helberg so that I can share your share and send you a thanks.